0: Welcome to the Oregon Football Huddlecast. I am today's host, former NFL wide receiver, former Oregon Ducks wide receiver, J.J. Burden. And today I'm joined by my co-host, also former NFL wide receiver and former NFL Ducks wide receiver, Mr. Rod Green. And in this episode, we're going to recap the Oregon Ducks versus the Washington Huskies game and like always as we get started let's bring on my co-host what's up Mr. Rod Green you ready for another show
1: i'm ready for another show if we didn't get the results we would have liked but hey we got to take the lumps while we you know while we can we'll take them while we can until we get mature and better Yep,
0: and that's right. No matter what the Ducks do, the show must go on. So we're definitely here to talk about that game, and it was a rivalry game. And Rod, we know about that rivalry game between the Ducks and the Huskies, the the history, and I don't know, Rod, I was thinking about, I, I, and I think you may qualify too, I lost to the Huskies twice when I was with the Ducks, and then we won my junior and senior year. Was Is that the same for you?
1: Uh, Yep. Once and then to- twice with the junior and senior year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, so. Definitely, you know, but I think they put a whooping on us that first year, too, and we actually could have won that game. of well, the close game, we could have actually won that game. with a couple uh, unforced errors. Uh, Chris had put up a pass out there off the guy's hand. You know, we'd, we'd turn and look up, and I mean, hit, hit him and tried, hit him on the hand, and that kind of, took some momentum away from us, and we ended up losing that game.
0: Yeah, we sure did. But our senior year, though, beating the Washington Huskies and USC back-to-back, that that was a big deal back in the day. You know, that was a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, obviously the new era ducks excluding this year. And last <laughs> year, you know, they've, they've done some damage out there. But the sad thing is, like we talked about, you know, the Huskies got us again. Not as they didn't just embarrass us as bad as last year when they beat us 70 to 21, but still 38 to three. That, that's still an old-fashioned butt whooping and uh, tough, tough loss for our ducks.
1: Yeah, and you know it would be easier to take it if they played a, a much better game. There were, you know, the continuing theme of the unforced errors and and having mistakes at inopportune times momentum changers in the game and it's just it's like you know you have opponent boxed in and you let them out the hook and then they take advantage of that and then they turn the tide on you so but you know it's good like a, it's, it's a good thing for these guys to learn from and and hopefully they'll get better from it
0: yeah it is it's, it's a tough learning lesson a tough learning curve for these guys right now the young team as they're continue to Develop and mature, but uh, the Huskies are having a two-year run. I mean, its I didn't realize that it was since 2007 that the Ducks had beat, or uh, Huskies had beat Oregon in their stadium, you know. I mean, yeah. since
1: 2007.
0: Uh, actually, that's not 2007,
1: Rod, right, it was actually 2003. Right, right, yep, 2003. Yeah. That's a long time. And in your house, I remember when we were there and they were – they were beating us. I think the first they were beating us in their stadium, and it was raining and all wet, and mm-hmm. and and they were like just in the halftime when we we're going in, they were like, "Who's out? Dogs out!" And just like you know, mm-hmm. we had to go on the same tunnel at the same time, and you know, it's like it's kind of like it's like throwing salt in the wound, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, well. Tough one, and
0: and and the Ducks struggled, like you said. You know, we'll talk about their their mistakes and all that. It's just tough to see, you know, this Oregon team had did not score a touchdown first time since 2007. And mm-hmm. we've talked about in our previous shows. We know that how much, you know, um, the role of the quarterback. And there was a lot of talk going into this game because the rumors were <laughs> circulating that maybe Herbert was going to play, he was practicing, mm-hmm. he was throwing the ball, they said he was throwing dimes, and, and I remember, you know, as we were on our Oregon Huddle foot Facebook page, people were going back and forth, but I didn't really think he would play, I just, with that, the, the, the degree of that injury, whether he's throwing a lot, I just didn't, I, I just don't see him yet ready to get slammed down to the turf, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had, add, yeah. you and I were talking about that, you and I been talking about in the injured groups also, but you know, it's too early for that for that type of injury to come back. And then, like you said, getting slammed on the turf. I mean, is he even like taking contact in practice? No, he wasn't taking contact. Is he lifting weights? We don't know. So, if and I, I get it with the coach, like yeah, he, he could have played last week. You know, it's just it's just the, the whole dynamic of the causing that. Okay, now you got to prepare for two different types of quarterbacks. Hopefully, take away from the game planning for a I understand that, and that's that's fine, but it, in our actual, you know, duck community, people have to know that he—it's too early for him to, to play. It, why? Why, you know, take the chance on him coming back early, getting hurt, and then having a much more serious injury and he's out for a longer period of time? So right now, you know, I don't see Burmeister unseen Herbert as a quarterback.
0: Yeah, and you know, and there's an, another, another element too that we know from being players is that when, when there's a quarterback or we know there's an opponent that has an injury, let's take, okay, let's, we're talking about Herbert, so mm-hmm. he, he's injured or he's recovering, the defensive line is going to test it. They're going to test it as mm-hmm. soon as they can. They're going to do all they can, exert that extra energy to get to that quarterback, whether it's a sack, a late hit, or whatever. They're going to test him, and he's a target. And out of those 60, 70, 80 plays, eventually they're going to get to him. But, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's nice. they got the bye week coming up. They can rest up. I'm going to assume that he probably will be playing in the next game.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. Too. It'll be the fifth week, you know, that he's uh, had off, and then that next week will be the sixth weekend. Um, we'll see, you know. We'll see. Uh, but you know, even 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 if he is ready, like you said, you know, Arizona's the next opponent in two weeks. They're going to do the same thing too. They say, "Hey, is this guy really healthy. We're going to test him." So they they've, they've got to get him ready, contact ready too, you know, and condition ready too.
0: That's right. Contact ready. You better believe it. Well, so Burmeister got the start. It was his fifth start. And one of the elements that I appreciated, you know, the pregame aspect of this. Was that Coach Taggart? You know, coaches they do whatever they can to motivate their athletes. I've, I've seen some interesting do- things done by coaches to really motivate us. But he took a picture of that. You know, uh, Coach, I guess it was Jake Browning, the quarterback last year when he scored. He had the the score 70 to 21, and he basically had printed on there, "What are you going to do about it?" And and I like the approach because it was really to motivate the guys to help them dig down a little deeper, have chips on their mm-hmm. uh, chip on their shoulder and and show up. And, and the way they started, Rod, I mean, they clearly have mastered the Burnmeister game plan. They know, okay, this is what the kid can do. Let's do that. That first drive, the way they came out with the read option, with the quick screens, you know, with the quarterback keeps, the quick little throws to Breland. I mean, they marched right down the field. Didn't score, but they, they kicked the field goal. But Rod, it was a nice opening drive, and I'm like, okay, these guys are ready.
1: Right. And then on top of that, they go down, Washington comes down, and they, they, they start marching down the field, and they stop them, and they miss the field goal. So that was a great momentum change, a moment gain for, for, for the offense and the defense. Um, and what do we do with it? I think we let it slip, slip away because on the, next, on the next series, we march down the field. Kind of moment got it going again, and then we fumbled.
0: Yeah, yeah, that 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 was a killer right there. I mean, everything was was going in their favor. It's like you said, marching down the field, they're getting back in, you know, heading into the red zone, and then you know, Benoit fumbles it and. You know, we know that's part of the game and blah blah blah, but like you said earlier, it just seems this seems to be the case, the story of the Ducks is that when something positive happens, something negative happens, that really just shoots them in the foot and sets them back. And so that that was kind of the beginning of some of those mistakes that started to unfold and obviously, you know, you keep giving a good team like that an opportunity, they're gonna take advantage of it.
1: Right, and 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 I just don't think we're the defense is, get uh, you know come a long way but they're not good enough to overcome those type of uh, momentum changes right now they're still young <laughs> a lot of young guys you know they have a lot of seniors or you know older guys or too. but you know they got young guys who are they're, they're almost like targeting them. it seems like you know um, there's a few times that I'm like seeing like why is that guy chasing the receiver Why you know is it a bus coverage or I, you know, I, I I just don't know what, um if it's a technique technique wise or a laps and covers or whatever, but um we just I, we're not good enough on you know, to overcome mistakes uh like that right now. So we have to limit the number of mistakes that we make both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah. Talk, let's talk a little bit about some strategies, because often you talk about strategies on defense and offense. Let's talk about strategy on special teams. You know, when you're game planning, you don't just game plan offense and defense. You game plan the special teams, too, whether it's the kicker, whether it's returners, the snapper. I can remember one year when I was in KC, Rod, we were playing. I can't remember what opponent it was, but the long snapper would pick up the ball and he'd snap it. Mm-hmm. And I remember Marty Schottenheimer caught hold of that. And so he had a guy that came out there that would, when, he, that when the long snapper picked up the ball, he would slap the ball out of his hand. Yep. And the rest didn't know what to do, you know, because there was nothing wrong. He picked it up, you know, but we saw a weakness. We took advantage of it. So here you got Dante Pettis, who's already returned eight kickoffs or punt returns <clears> combined <throat> and the guy's a threat and so the question was okay are we going to punt to him or not and coach tagger said we're putting to him well pettis made him pay first time took it to the house
1: yeah I, I, and <clears throat> you know I, I agree with coach tiger you know you start getting playing scared and 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 and, and keeping away from the guy you're bound to make a mistake but then on the other hand when, when they when they to him, him you supposed to execute the play like it's supposed to it was a bad punt, line drive low. So, you know, i a punt returner. It's like, that's what like, you, you, you hope for those kind of kicks because once you get the ball, you get it on the move and then you get past that first wave of people. And then the next wave of guys are so spread out. And then it's like, all you really have to do is be maybe a linebacker and a kicker. And if you're a speed guy, you cannot run those guys. He shouldn't be, you know, he shouldn't be returning plus. So, and that's kind of what happened there. It, and that's not kind of, that exactly what happened. You know, they got a low line drive, and the guys, I don't want to say guys were the a but I see what they were doing. They were, they were shipping to the, to trying to pin him to one side. Yeah. As you can see on the other kicks, you know, Schooler was down there a lot. You know, a lot of time, especially on that, that next opportunity, you know, the next two opportunities, he was like right there. And he and he got he got him spending a good one time, and even Pets kind of was like, "Yeah, you got me he's like yeah. good one, but he it just, it just had a bad kick and you know and out not really out kicked the coverage, but it, it kind <clears> of <throat> didn't give the guys enough time to keep to get there and and it forced him to to hesitate.
0: Yeah, you're right cuz you know I did a little punt returning back in my day and it's a punt returner's dream when you can get a quick line drive punt like that and not giving the mm-hmm. the defense or the well the offense in that case the time to coverage get down there you you definitely have an advantage you know but we know from the years of playing when you're playing in the elements how maturity plays a role mm-hmm. um being from Oregon obviously we had many games in the rain I had a few in the NFL of course too And as a player, you have to change things up when you are playing in cold weather, or let's say in this case, wet weather. As a wide receiver, you know, we had to be more cautious and more focused when we were catching the ball because our gloves were slippy, our hands were slippy, the football was slippery or whatever. And it was just really tough to see the multiple times that Burmeister and the center had problems with the snap. And they were always yeah. in, like on third down, when third and one or third and two or when they were right there in position to get a first down and continue the drive. And man, that first one in the second quarter when we're down 10 to three and that fumble just, oh, it just you know,
1: again, bad mistakes at the wrong time. Yeah, and to top it off, it, it it's almost like he was in a rush or nervous or in a hurry. It, it might have been a great a great play. Yeah, I mean, it was almost like okay, I'm gonna be able to run this this one here because I know that what they're gonna do, they're gonna crash down on Freeman and be able to, want to be able to get out and 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 get a big run. But you have to be calm. You can't give that. You can't you know give the defense a ahead of what you're doing and you have to actually execute and like you said we, we did not execute we had time at the time and, and it also in those critical moments where they also created momentum swings. Um, I know we keep saying this, but it but it's a learning experience for a young guy but it is it, it really
0: <laughs> is I mean you, you know when you're in those situations you can't take things for granted I and mean, my, my receiver coach used to always say you got to catch the ball first. You secure the catch first before you start thinking about running. And in that case, you know you'd like to see Burmeister focus first on, you know, getting the snap in your hand first before you decide to do anything. And it cost him a couple times. I'm sure. I'm sure he's going to learn from it. But it was really interesting to see on the other side of the ball to see the maturity of Jake Browning, who's had, you know, he's had a really good career. He did some. Some you could really see the difference. And I know it's on one occasion when and you know, Brownie was on under pressure. He was about to get sacked and instead of trying to run it, he he just he just threw it out. He he got rid of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And they lined up. Mm-hmm. They were back in the line of scrimmage and and when there was another occasion or two, or Burmeister didn't do that. He tried to run, he got out of bounds, they lost yardage. So you can see the difference in the maturity level. Obviously, we know Burmeister is young and he's still learning, but um you know, you could definitely see some differences there.
1: Yeah, there, there was a key situation um, where Burmar said it was on a rollout, and it didn't, didn't actually fool the defense end. where he took, he took a step in, but he kind of kept his eyes on the quarterback, and he rolled out. And it would have been a nice play if he was able to get away, but he shouldn't have actually thrown that ball away. If we ended up getting sacked for like no, I was like, 20 yard loss and took us out of Change change the whole field the, the field position dynamics. You know and and, and like you said and especially when elements are playing a big part of it, you, you got the field position is, is just another aspect and you have to be very yeah. cautious about because flipping yeah. the field just that right there, plenty from 20 yards further back, you know the the opponent better field position coming in towards for our end zone.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I like. I have to admit, I did like that play that Washington ran. Um, coach Peterson, you know, their coach. He's he he's always been known for his trick plays. Going back to when he was at Boise State and stuff. But they ran that reverse fake handoff, and then Gaston did his thing. That was a nice play because it it really exposed the lack of discipline of the Oregon defensive line and defensive linebackers. Man, because they went they went towards the fake. <laughs> they were all heading that other direction. Next thing you know, here's Gaston taking it to the house, 34 mm-hmm. yards for a touchdown. Again, you yeah. keep saying this, it's that maturity, it's that discipline that you get from experience that you don't bite on such fakes like that. You hold your position until you see the ball and then react on it.
1: Yeah, and I, and I also think, you know, you have to give the, you know, a little bit of credit to the, to the money back there for that. More was watching him in this game, he, he reminds me of uh, one of the NFL guys, Ray Bell, how, he's, how he kind of comes in. He doesn't, like, really – I mean, the guy's got some great speed and acceleration, but he doesn't, like, go boom. He kind of, like, sets it, like, weights in the hole. And, and and I think, like, lets guys, like, get out of position and then explodes in there. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? But I was like, wow, I mean, if NFL guys do this, it's that, that clock, I think, you know, that – and your head is like, okay, I gotta make him. He's going this way. It, it's hard to be patient, like you know. Cause obviously, you, you're you know, as a, you're on the opposite side of the ball, you know, tidy is always a great thing with us, and we we've learned to to uh, use that in our advantage when we're going against DBs. But it's the same thing for those linemen and those linebackers. Is like, it's it's like something has to be happening now. It's it's I don't know how to it's I don't know how you really get over that because it it's it, you know you you're waiting on the end of commit and you're waiting for something to happen and you don't want to get caught in a position but you end up getting out of position
0: you know Rod, that's the beauty of the run game and for our fans that are listening you know you're just watching football and the guys are handing it off i tell you when you're in meetings you know I'm a wide receiver and all that but when I when I was in meetings i would listen to the the o-line coach uh, I remember one of the coaches I was with for a while, Howard Mudd, who was one of the known, well-known offensive line coaches. And I remember how he would talk to his linemen and the running back, and, and it's all like this this chemistry. It's like if the run is, you know, let's say going through the two hole on the right side or whatever, how every step the running the the um, the linemen take and the and the running back take all is in a purpose, you know, like maybe the lineman is stepping right to hit this guy that way, and maybe the tackle swinging underneath to hit that guy that way, and the running back might take two steps left just to delay so those guys can get their blocks, and a hole should be coming through there. And like you said, the good backs – who are patient, who know where the holes are, know how to kind of take their time and know when that hole's going to open. And Gatson did a really good job with that. And so does Freeman. You know, Freeman had a great game, too, really good rushing game, too. He's also that big patient runner too and and it's the difference between the backs that are consistently getting positive yards and the backs that aren't you know and and sitting in those meetings man i would listen to coaches just chew out running backs because they didn't step this way or the step was too short or, or they didn't take the two steps or whatever you know it's it's all. A, it's all in sync. It's all a purpose. Just like when we're running routes, they want us to run a hitch six yards for a reason. Because the quarterback's taking three steps back and he's going to throw, not seven, not ten, because he's not ready right. to throw yet. You know, and that's that's the part that a lot of people don't understand unless you played football. That every single play, every single responsibility a player has on the field serves the purpose for that particular play.
1: Yeah. And I... It, and a lot of times, it, 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 uh, maturity or just patience, and, 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 the, and, the, and the and the speed of the game slowing down for you is a big part of that. Um, like you said, Freeman does an excellent job of setting up his blockers too. You know, he and it's like, oh, because this is going to be a lost loss, and I'm like, he just, oh, he leans a little bit to the outside, and boom, he cuts right on the up the up the up the bottom of his office and linemen, and they're they're 21 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's really good at that. He's gonna. I think he's gonna do really, really well at the next level, uh, doing the same thing on Sundays. But yep. we got to get everybody else playing on the same page, too, playing at the same type of patience in level, two, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we go in halftime. Ducks are down. Uh, we always talk about halftime adjustments. Washington obviously had things figured out you know and, and for, unfortunately, for the ducks right now it's the offense is going to be predictable. Uh, they figured out what the schemes were, what they were trying to do, and man, they came out, they ran away with it definitely in, in this in the second half. Um, still some highlights you know I mean, obviously there were some moments in there where you know the Oregon D put some good pressure on Brownie but then there was times when Brownie had all day and, it, and I got nervous too because it seems like every time Brownie took a seven step drop he was throwing deep and you could see it yeah. too he'd take those seven stop step steps back they had the pocket blocked up there we weren't getting the pressure and he just launched it and, and they completed some deep deep throws too
1: yeah, and that's what we were talking about earlier. It's like I don't know how these guys were chasing and it wasn't like it was a <clears throat> breakdown on the play where the quarterback was scrambling. There were there were some plays where Browning did, you know, scramble out and create some little bit more time. But it was like but you know, it was like he the, the defensive line was getting to him and he just sh- calmly shuffled out and then threw a deep ball. And or stepped up and threw a deep ball, and it's like, I mean, he was heaving it, too. And, and it was surprising how much velocity he was getting on the ball in the, in, in the you know, in the wet weather. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, and then when he goes to the receiver, I'm like, okay, we got this here. There's no safety, and, and or if there's a safety, he and the cornerback are chasing him. I'm like, oh, my goodness. What's going on? How you, if, there's no way we should be, you know, should be have a guy behind you. Yeah. Um, I was
0: surprised, Rod, at how many times we, we didn't play like man free, where there was at least a safety in the middle of the field. You saw a lot of four cross mm-hmm. man and on one long throw. Washington lined up trips right, and they ran like a, a inside post and an outside go, and then the middle guy ran a corner and they hit, hit the corner, and, and then another time, you know, they hit that post and pulled the, the safety who came down low, and that was, you know, that's game planning. That's game planning, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we look forward to Oregon, and, you know, doing more of that when Herbert comes back, but, uh, you know, the Huskies took advantage of it. They saw they a saw weakness. They were able to pull that safety out of there, give Browning those seven-step drops, and they just launched it.
1: Yeah, you know, I want to go back to that you just talking about, when they, they went first to the – to the right there, and they, they run a post corner and go in and uh, post a corner and a go. Mm-hmm. And they the, – they seemed to all guard all of those okay, except for when they, they end up throwing that corner route. It looked like he peaked in the backfield mm-hmm. a little bit and got – got because he was in good position before the ball was thrown, and then like – well, before the guy made his break, and then it's like he like peaked in the backfield to see where – Look at something, and then that's where that separation got created there, and it was like a twenty-some yard completion. And that's another yeah. thing that bothered me too. You know, they, you know, they Washington would have a committed penalty, and it, or we get a sack, or we get a, a disruption in the in, the, in, the, in the in their offense, and they were third and long. We were not getting off the field. We we're giving, and we we're giving up those third and long It's like, oh yeah, you know, we're gonna, no problem. We're gonna go for this. It's like. I don't know w- w- what happened. Uh, maybe he got cautious with the with the call, but normally th- that's that's like you know jokes and 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 those guys are like licking their shots and they they're after the they're after the quarterback and they're causing the movement out of the pocket and getting a sack.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely yeah. I was just waiting, and I, was, I was, it was nice to finally see Burmeister throw a deep ball. I, I think he threw it like in the third or fourth quarter. He threw that one deep ball. Wasn't a great throw. Threw it out of bounds. That's okay. We just need them to take some attacks down the field. You you got to keep those defensive backs respecting. You've got to have them at least in their mind thinking that you're going to go deep. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, with the offense, they have to run like that right now, Rod. You know the wide receivers are non-existent. I mean, they're they're not even right. a factor. I mean, they're they're catching their screens, their bubble screens, and all that, and doing some of those jet sweeps, and and they're blocking. But you know, it's it's just as a wide receiver to to witness that it's really tough not mm-hmm. to be able to use those weapons use those speed speed guys we have out there you know so but Carter, the coaches know better than we do you know what they see the practice film yeah. they see the mistakes mm-hmm. they see what's done right and you know you got to respect the facts as all the fans are hammering on Taggart's play call and all that, you know what, they don't understand. Haggard knows what he has available. He knows what Burmeister's capabilities are, and he's doing that right now. You know, that, that's what right. they're capable of doing. And, and if the team right. obviously still, even right, if they're just running the ball and throwing screens, we can still win with that. The guys still got to right. block. Like, everybody's still got to do their job. <laughs> they can still win exactly. with that,
1: you know. Right. Yeah, you like, that's right. And you bring up? You brought up a great point. You know, we were going um, talking about the play calling in the in the special in 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 this, this Saturday, and um, you know, a guy was saying, "You need know, to throw the ball deep. He need to throw the ball out here." And there was a contender com- that tried to do that, and he, he had a play that was underthrown. Uh, the guy was out. Uh, I think it was um, Tony Brookshay was was open on it. He just underthrew him, but I don't think he he he's a game. Maybe maybe it's, a, it's the speed of the game. He hasn't slowed down from enough where he's getting his feet settled and getting the velocity in the ball, getting the ball where it's supposed to be. Or could this be the, could have been the weather? You know, the, the elements. You know, some the from to California, edge. They took me a while getting used to running routes in the rain. You know, it yeah. like, slip all over the place. I like, what What's going on? You know, I'm like. Using used using used the you know speed cuts and stuff and I'm slipping and because I'm like keeping my weight over the you know, center of gravity over my feet you can get away with that when, it, when it's a dry turf But then on the other hand it's like you know people are saying okay why are we throwing hitches in the plant? There's a reason why because like you said the coach sees something he can't make the because one thing I think I notice is when he decides okay I'm, when he looks across the field okay I know where I'm going once the stop is. He, he locks in on that guy. He, it's no look off. So if it's a hitch and you lock on the guy, that's an inner. There's one play where he threw to try to throw the screen play to uh, to Nelson with it? Mm-hmm. And it almost got picked off. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if they're able to recognize and see who who he's locking on that fast on a short route like that, it you know it 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 could be a long day for a quarterback like that. And a great thing and a, and a, not a great, but that would be a detrimental to his confidence. You know, and that's exactly what happened.
0: We had a fourth and four. Remember we had a fourth and four? It was in the, I think it was almost, I think it was a late second quarter, early third quarter. I can't remember, but it was a fourth and four, and they threw a hitch route to, I think it was Dylan Mitchell. And like you said, he it was like trips right. He was in the middle. He locked in, and he locked in when he threw it. There was like three guys around <laughs> Dylan Mitchell, you know. So like you mm-hmm. said, if they can anticipate um, those throws by looking at where he's locked in, it's going to give the defense defense their advantage. But um, but I would tell you what, Rod. There was there was two pluses I really took from that game. There was two things to me that stood out. The first thing is pretty obvious that. Despite the limitations of the offense, they still had they still pounded the rock. They still got 207 yards and you know um, I don't know what Freeman's final numbers were, but they still they still had a nice running game going. Obviously, you want to try to balance that with passing, but at least the offensive run game is on point. But the other thing was I just liked how the defense didn't quit in the end. Because Washington, towards the end of the game, it's two minutes left, two minutes, 55 seconds, something like that. They march down the field, and I don't even know if Washington's trying to score. They're just kind of running plays, and they're going down the field, and they get inside the five, and they have the opportunity to score. And Oregon defense stepped up. They stepped up and stopped them and prevented them from scoring. And to me, they said, you know what? That shows the heart in this team. I think last year that team probably would have just gave up. Not this year. Those guys showed the heart no matter the score. They still work hard to finish the game. And that that, that kind of, you know, just left a good impression on my Like, okay, these guys get it. You know, th- maybe their time is not right now, but they're going to continue to use every opportunity to get better.
1: Right. And I think, it, you know, it, it's on both sides. The offense not be giving up either. in they were giving up, it could be easily, you know, um, or the quarterback could be getting a, a lot of easy free runs to him, you know, um, and, and they couldn't be rock, you know, blocking the running back, You know, I think uh, Sweetman ended up 122 yards mm-hmm. on, the, uh, on the on the on the on uh, the end of the day. So, and you know, he's going to continue to get his yards, but you know, the, the, the thing that's sad about it is he's not going to probably be able to. He could have probably if they set. Put the numbers away for the touchdowns, you know. If, if, if so he hasn't had a touchdown really since since Justin went out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, they they scored some some touchdowns and stuff, but they they they've given they're giving him the ball so much he has to take those breathes and the other guys have getting the opportunity to get the touchdown. So, um, you know, I don't think there, there's going to be any quit like you said like last year. There, those guys would have given up. That's how that's how easily it got they got to seventy points last year. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, these guys are not they have no quit in them and. I think it. I think it's like you know, it they they, they get help it puts us chip on the shoulder. It's like okay, you know what? It's like when the game's over, they they they're like anxious to get to, to see the game's going to take. Where do we do? Where do we mess up? Where do we go wrong? This is them, I mean, and and it's not you know they're pointing the finger at the quarterback. Like a lot of it, people are saying, we are cool you need to change our quarterback. Hey, it's 11 guys on that whole field there. If everybody's doing their job. You know, the quarterback's play is not going to make that detriment unless he's throwing interceptions, especially if we're running the ball. If we're running the ball like we have to right now and he's throwing bubble screens, we should be able to win games if everybody's doing their job. Yep.
0: That's true. That is true. Well, I got a question, Rod, from somebody who asked me, and they were like, so – so what does a, a player do on the bye week? What, what do they like to do on the bye week? What, what goes on in the bye week? And, and, I, and I think this is impeccable timing for the Ducks right now to get the bye week, obviously with the Herbert injury. But, you know, I, I told them, I said, this is what the Ducks are going to do the bye, during the bye week. One is they're going to rest. They're going to let their bodies heal. Yeah. You know, they got some key injuries. Uh, all the players are playing with some kind of injury. I mean, we know every game you got something. There's never anybody completely healthy. The only time you're healthy is right before training camp starts, you know. But once you start yeah. camp and you play – so I said, they're going to get healthy. I said, but they're also going to take the time to review, review, review. They will probably watch every single play, every single series, every single game this year, and each break up into different groups, wide receivers, running backs, you know, linemen, and they will start breaking down each play, looking at the pluses, looking at the minuses, looking at the mistakes, you know, the things they did well. And, and they're going to take the opportunity to, to learn, to learn from these these previous games and, and and no doubt that, you know, Coach Taggart is going to have these guys uh, in film sessions and study sessions so that they can finish strong. Because, Rod, these guys still, despite they still have the opportunity to have a better season than they did last year. And a matter of fact, Rod, when you think about it, they're 5-5. Five and five. So we're already ahead of the curve mm-hmm. here. We're, this is already right. a win season for us. When you consider we were 8-4 and four last year. And with Arizona... And or yeah, four and eight. Sorry, with Arizona and Oregon State, these guys could yeah. finish seven and five. That's realistic.
1: Yeah, I I can totally agree with you there too. Um, I, I especially you know with the, the rivalry coming, the rivalry game coming up. And you know, I'm, I'm not trying to skip ahead against Arizona, but like you know because Arizona's playing really well right now. But you know the, I think <clears throat> some of those guys that were there last year they have a, a bad pace in their mouth from That last year's game too, so you know it's realistic. Let's like just say we can uh, seven and five, and 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 getting a, a decent bowl bid, you know, um, which is gonna kind of, you know be positive for you know for these guys, especially these freshmen. You know, mm-hmm. they had to come in and they're they're getting picked on and getting beat up right now. You know, it's 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 you know it's a growing experience. It's, it's you know it's 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 humbling at the same time. It's like you know you play great at the high school level and you. You were the best among the best, but now you go to the next level, and it's like, man, I'm getting my butt whipped out here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, you just got to think that in like the same way you were when you were a freshman in high school and you became that senior that, you know, was dominating, you have to do the same thing at this level here, and if you want to go to the next level, we get the same thing, you know, when you go to the next level. It, it doesn't really, get any easier.
0: You're right, and it really does test your character. And one of the things I always tell people, whether it's athletics or business, is when you're in a situation when you're not winning, I said either you're going to be part of the problem or you're going to be part of the solution. And, and I hope that's the attitude those players have, is that we're going to be part of the solution. We're going to be part of the group that gets the Oregon Ducks program back on track where it was in previous years. And, Rod, I mean, come on, going in Arizona, Oregon State, the Ducks are a different team with Justin Herbert yeah. playing quarterback.
1: Yeah, yeah, they are. And, and then, like, you know, it's like hopefully, get, you know, getting, getting Justin back will also give uh, – take some pressure off of Braxton and, and give him time to, to, to mature and, like, okay, mm-hmm. I've had some playing experience and then be able to build off of that positively for next year also, you know, and then and it only makes everybody better when, when, when everybody sets their game up. It only Very makes good. everybody better. Yeah. So. Very good. So
0: we said bye week, Ducks got a week off, then they'll come back against Arizona Wildcats. So uh, we look forward to doing that next show, and we might do something before then. We'll see. We might see if we can get an interview or two in from some of our former ex-Ducks, but we'll keep you posted on that. But I do want to go ahead and conclude today's show. Appreciate everybody listening to the new name. Let's get this right. We are now known as the Oregon Football Huddlecast. No longer Oregon Huddlecast. Oregon Football Huddle cast. That way you know who we are. We're much easier to find on social media and throughout the internet. And so I want to encourage everyone subscribe to our, our page on iTunes. Make sure you look up the Oregon Football Huddle. And then uh, of course follow Rod and I. We're all over social media. You can catch me at JJ Burden and uh, Rod is Rod Green 83 on Twitter, both of us. We have our own websites, RodGreen83.com and JJ jayburden.com we want to encourage everyone to share our podcast share it out on social media share it to your friends neighbors whoever sports fans we'd love to have more and more listeners listen in as we do our show and then lastly make sure you join our group on facebook the oregon football huddle cast look us up the oregon football huddle cast. we're in the process of changing that name so you might have to look up oregon Huddlecast for now but ask to join the group We'd love to have you join us and just join in the discussions as we talk about what's happening with our Oregon Ducks football program. So this is going to conclude our show. This is J.J. Burden.
1: And I'm Rod Green. Until our next show, go Ducks. All right,
0: we'll see you in the Oregon football huddle.